You're listening to Something Real with Pastor Rich Zeiger and Stacy Cozio, connecting the reality of God to the realities of life. Thanks for joining us. Ahoy. Greetings, salutations. All the Charlotte's Web. <laughs> Welcome to Something Real, the home of professional podcasting. Some pig. Where, where we seek to make pointless pop culture <laughs> references. Some are actual pop. Some are more culture. And most I don't are, know what Charlotte's Web most is. Most are references. Most are references. <laughs> sometimes, some way. sometimes we think about the same reference at the same time. But well, we are ultimately here to connect the reality of God to the realities of life. And That's so what we keep saying. Sometimes we, uh, sometimes you we feel do like it better than others, and and we always are focused on food and candy bars. Well, because you can eat now. Burrito time. As, Burrito time, as, pizza as, time. As you the best times. Send me that Joey gif. I'm back, baby. So, <laughs> ate a grilled cheese at the chicken option, but a grilled cheese burrito from Taco Which Bell. Which I've never even heard of. On the way. I mean, is it made? Is it just full of cheese? That cheese on the outside, grilled. Oh, yes, delightful. And uh, my go-to at Taco Bell I, is the I crunch saw wrap. A commercial, and I, my eyes went, oh, and then you know, started salivate. I'm like, huh, I can't eat fats. You know, so we go to the post op uh, thing. Doc says, "Suck it up, Sally. You're fine," uh, or something similar to that. And uh, you know, you might want to see a different doctor. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's my kind of doctor. <laughs> and so, uh, I, you know. On the way home, I'm like, you want to stop and talk about? So we <laughs> stopped to talk about. Like you're doing something wrong. And uh, yeah, had a celebratory burrito. I was intending to eat half of it, but we were talking as we were. You know, it's funny how that happens. And, you just... and uh, next thing you know, I've got like one bite left. I'm like, all right, here we go. Not one issue at all. So it was the logical thing for me then last night at 1030 to have Leftover pizza and chips for supper. I would simply so. pass away if I had supper at ten thirty. <laughs> well, that's because you've already been asleep for three hours. Well, no, that's a real thing. Like I'm up all night, but I don't know. My digestive you are. You system went from going not... to bed early to not going to bed ever. It's called or being in bed and watching TikTok for three hours. It's called TikTok and crippling anxiety. That's <laughs> if you don't well, want to sleep, I recommend those two things. Anyway, I rebuke that crippling anxiety. I I would like to too. To um, which my doctor says, "Suck it up, Sally." <laughs> maybe I should start going. I I should probably not joke about that because he's a super nice guy and would never say just such a thing. Well, he didn't. Call, he, he didn't. Should, he didn't name so. him, so nobody it's knows. Good dude. All right. So, what are we talking about? <laughs> he did say there's nothing wrong. Okay. You're fine. You're fine. Everything's fine. fine. Walk it off. <laughs> Walk it off. <laughs> it's about a flesh wound. That's exactly what my mind was thinking. <laughs> so, how about that? Oh, the, the gosh. Strange dimension that is something real. So, here it's we are. The second time today we said the same thing. We did a Princess Bride quote earlier. I know. That's crazy. You do a podcast together for five years and you are bound to say the same thing. I tell Emma all the time. Crazy minds think alike. So, truth. What are we talking is. about? We are talking about Israel in the wilderness. And in Whoa! This, in this particular <laughs> spoiler alert. In this particular episode, we are praising the God from whom all blessings flow. And Someone should turn should, that into a song. Yeah, it should because, uh, and we recognize that our Father is the fount of every blessing, and we we start to uh, walk in that, and we see some some impact, and so. Uh, in this particular episode, we were in Numbers 21, the end of the chapter, 10 to 35. And um, 
for those who are there on Sunday or listen to the uh, the uh, the audio or checked it out, you got a two for you got basically All two hour two, and thirty minutes of <laughs> sermons put together. And uh, I said, yeah, there's a really good break point. I should stop there and said we'll pick this up next week with phase two, but I didn't. And so. Um, kudos to those who were able to endure, and especially if you could do it without a potty break, you know, you all are champions. It was a failure then. So it's also a little hungry by the end of it, but that's okay. I will point out I did it without a potty break. That's true. No. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> and, Call me out. And there. standing there. But, well, true. But uh, I also probably wasn't drinking coffee as so many people probably were. Um, true. Not probably. I wasn't. I had water. But anyhow, yeah. As we're as we're looking at this uh, particular passage it, it's the end of this stage mm-hmm. and as we get into next week uh the children of israel will be camped in the plains of moab for the next couple of books so from here till the book of joshua they don't really move they stay in the same spot but at this point we see them going through a whole bunch of places they're they're um they're coming out of this uh this time when they grumbled against the Lord and uh, they had this curse of the, the fiery serpents and uh, the bronze snake foreshadowing Christ. And, and so they, they get through this, they repent. And now for the first time, they really just kind of stop talking and start walking. They, they do what God had called them to do, what they were supposed to do in the first place. Imagine that. Yeah. Should have happened, you know, back in chapter 14, 15. So, uh, you know, we have this list of, of uh, areas that they, they go through and they come to uh, the Amorites and uh, King Sihon. And they're in the same kind of boat that they were when they had to go around Edom. They come, they say, hey, we'd like to pass through. Would you let us, you know, come through? We won't drink your water. If we do, we'll pay for it. Edom says no. And God doesn't allow them to fight against their brother nation, Edom. So they uh, they end up going around, take the long route. They get to Sihon and this is one of the nations that they are to displace. And Sion comes against them and says, no, you cannot pass through and brings this whole army out there. And then um, the Lord leads them into uh, victory over Sion, wipes them out. Uh, then uh, Og, king of Bashan, uh, big dude, giant kind of guy, uh, doesn't use that term giant, but he's an oversized individual. We see this kind of picture that, you know, when the first generation came to the promised land and they could look in, uh, they were afraid because of the armies in the land, the giants in the land, and they wanted to turn back. Uh, now they're in the same situation. God brings them there and they don't balk about it. They just go and God wins them these victories. Mm-hmm. All right. So um, what we see just to kind of roll through how this laid out, the the, the the governing idea, the core reality uh, for this portion of the text is that when God's people walk in God's promises, God's blessings abound. And, and I don't know if that was uh, the best way to say it, which maybe made the sermon take longer because <laughs> uh, I don't know if I worded that particularly well. Um, but the idea here that we're seeing is that we don't have to strive and struggle and, and worry and complain and press to, to try to have the life that God's uh, already intending to give us. Don't call me out on the podcast. We just need to, you know, suck it up. <laughs> we, we need, we, what we need to do is stop thinking about it, focus on him and recognize this was kind of the, the first half of the sermon was, was building this idea um, that the Lord delights to bless his children. And when we trust him enough to walk in obedience, his blessings naturally flow. That's, 
that's who we are. And that was the, what God has always been doing from the beginning, right? So, in, uh, you know, we see in Genesis, he creates this world for all of humankind to have a relationship with him, created in his image. The intimacy with God was, was to be perfect, but sin wrecked all that. Mm -hmm. And so the rest from that really until now and all the way to, to Christ's coming um, is the story of God redeeming his people, trying to bring, not trying. I'm going to turn this water you, yeah, good call. you don't really, God doesn't try, God does. So it's not really uh, a matter of him trying to redeem his people. It's redeeming his people. So he makes this, uh, God has already planned out how this is, is going to go. Uh, everything is pointing toward Messiah. He calls Abraham uh, and, and promises in Genesis to going to make a great nation out of him. And then in Exodus, he's delivering that nation 400 some years later uh, out of the slavery into Egypt, exactly as he had told Abraham he would do, that, mm -hmm. that they would be uh, in bondage in a foreign land for 400 years and he'd bring them out with possessions. He does that in uh, that deliverance in Exodus in the beginning of, of the law. And Leviticus is, is describing to this called out people what it looks like to be a called out people. If you're right. going to be the people of God, here's what people set apart to God look like. You're to be holy as I'm holy. Then we get to numbers and he's bringing them into this inheritance. That's, that's the whole concept of the book of numbers. God is keeping his promises and his people then make unfaithful choices, which have uh, some pretty harsh consequences, but God still remains faithful. And that's what we see. Now, finally, we get in chapter 21 in this latter half, more than half, but I'm going to call it half, um, that they're starting to realize what well, we're not told much. You know, we, we don't know what they know. We don't know what they get. We know what they should know because God's been telling them. Right. And they seem and to know it. And they've been living it. Right. And so now they seem to know it because they're not talking anymore. Right. They're just doing it. Right. There's there's not there's very little that that happens here uh, in the dialogue between the people and Moses and all that. Kind of, that that's happened in all these other things. And uh, so now they get to the spot. Um, they they walk through all these nations and they're beginning to experience the reality that God doesn't need them to tell him what to do. God right. doesn't need them to stress. He wants to bless them. And, and back in, in number six, the, the blessing that he instructed the priests to speak over the people um, was more than just a prayer, it was a, a reminder to God's people. It was a prayer, but it was it was a reminder to God's people that this is what it means to be God's people. Right. And so the Lord described that as placing or stamping his name on them, which I can't say it without thinking of Toy Story and mm -hmm. Andy writing his name on, on uh, the, the foot of the, of the toys. So uh, now they're walking in obedience and they're finding God's blessings naturally flowing so they uh, they're going along we had the two major incidents where you know they grumbled about water and god uh, gave them water from the rock well now they're not talking about it and god gives them water right. moses gather the people i'm going to give them water at this place uh known as bear the well I, which i assume they got the name later because right. they talk about digging the well okay so god gives them water there then they when they fight these battles, there's this big obstacle of, of Sihon and, and the Amorite army that is in the way. God removes the obstacle, gets them out of the way. God leads them into victory over these same people, the same 
40 years later. So right. it's probably not all the same individuals, but the same people groups, the same types of things that they were afraid of previously. God brings them in, wipes them out. And, and not because they whined about it. Right, exactly. <laughs> and he tells them, you know, right. when, when Og shows up, he says, don't be afraid. I've delivered him into your hands. And, and you know, it hasn't happened yet, but God speaks as if it has, because when God says it, that's how right. it is. So when God gives a promise, you might as well mark that down as history, as, as, right. as done, because that's how done it is. And so he's going, when he makes that promise to deliver Og into their hands, he does. I mean, he doesn't need their help. And that's kind of the thing that what we see over and over again um, throughout the scriptures is God is always, it, it, it's, it's a monergistic relationship. This is a one-sided, the energy, the, the impetus comes from one side. It's mm -hmm. God doing the doing. Uh, and if we just get out of the way, then we're not messing about them. So that's kind of the, the picture that they uh, have been going through here. I think there's a fine line between that and kind of viewing God as some kind of like rabbit's foot or, yeah. or uh vending machine that will, you know, answer all your prayer requests immediately right. the way you want him to and, and the way you think they should go. And that's such a popular idea, right. you know, that uh, even when it's not a formalized idea, like, right. you know, a lot right. of us will in uh, conservative, even you don't think circles, you think that, but you think, that. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're, you know, most of the folks, you know, that we would run with have a high view of scripture, right? So we're, we're going to look at the Bible as authoritative, a uh, little perhaps less concerned about uh, the experiential stuff, at least consciously. Mm -hmm. And so um, most of, of our circle would, would actively and consciously reject uh, what we so often call the, the prosperity gospel. Right. And yet that same mentality that you just mentioned, that vending machine mentality that God is a means to an end, which we would never say out loud, but our hearts still kind of lacks, lapse into that. Um, it, it's kind of prevalent. And, right. and so that's one of the eras, errors that we need to, to deal with uh, as we're walking through this is, you know, we don't want to get stuck on that pendulum. Sure. How often have we talked about that? That, you know, if balance and truth are in the center, the devil will take us from one extreme to the other. And he's, you know, he doesn't care if we're a little bit off or a lot off. He doesn't care if we have religion and morality. What he doesn't want is an authentic relationship with Christ based on the truth of God's word and reality. So if he can take us into the extreme of the, the legalism, externalism, uh, where if I, you know, if I want God's blessings, if I want, you know, God to, to smile upon me, I have to and check to all the boxes. XYZ, yeah, right. right. It's the, kind of that works-based salvation. And if, on, the, on the flip side, if I mess up, then, oh, this must be God punishing me for, for right. something. You know? Which is, all of that is closely related to what we see as the prosperity gospel. Mm -hmm. So, it, you know, the other um, error that we need to watch on that end of the, the doing end is the idea that we see the Lord as a means to an end, that right. vending machine mentality. If I do this, then God will bless me. And so I want God's blessings. Therefore, I do these things right. to get God's blessings. Uh, and the focus in that, regardless of, of what particular flavor it takes on, uh, the focus in that is not the person of God, but what I can get from God. Right, the focus right? is me. Yeah, that, that's absolutely <laughs> it. I want his protection. Right. I want his healing. I want him to, you know. Take this thing away. Protect my take child, this, right. whatever else. All these things that, that 
are in themselves, they're not bad desires. They're, they're bad goals. They're, you know, when we chase after that kind of thing, we are forgetting what, well, this is what is building up here in the Old Testament. But Jesus in, in Matthew 6 is telling us, look, stop stressing about those things. Why? Why in the world would you worry if your heavenly father already knows that you need these things? Mm-hmm. And he's your heavenly father. He's going to give you the good things, the blessings that he already has in, in store for you. He's going to take care of that anyway. Right. If he takes care of the, the birds of the air and the flowers of the field, you don't think that the children that he sent his own son to die for are a little more important to him than that. Right. So, you know, worry and, and anxiety and stress and, and striving and what back in the 80s and 90s we called workaholism, you know, the, this whole idea of, of doing, 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 and I have to make these things happen or I have to, um, you know, make all kinds of promises to God so he'll give me the stuff or I have to have the, the right kind of faith and say the right kind of prayer. And, you know, if I keep my nose clean for this amount of time, then God's going to take care of it. It completely misses the mark. Right. It, it, it misses the relational mark that God's called us to. Now, on the other end of things is the uh, the extreme, the pendulum swing of laxity, of, of just what well, doesn't matter what I do. And so right. the, the cheap uh, salvation kind of mentality. Hey, what saved always saved, you know, God loves me. And so he wants me to do, you know, he wants me to be happy, right. you know, so they're, they're both kind of this idea of God wants me to be happy, <clears throat> but in a different perspective, I don't have to do anything for it. Right. So I don't have to worry about living a holy life. I don't have to, my morality doesn't matter. I can do whatever I want. God knows I'm doing my best and you know, we can become lazy in our, in our faith that way. So when none of us are really doing our best. <laughs> No, of like, course not. That's, I mean, that's something you say. No, we, that's right. We, we like to, to say that. God, right. I think my good outweighs my bad. No, it doesn't. Right. Because the number one biggest command that is, the, is the, the bedrock of all commands from God, love the Lord your God with everything. So if there's ever at any point anything in your life that is taking the place of God, taking a higher priority than God, you're spending more time thinking about God, you're spending more money on that than God, any of these things that are getting in the way where God fades into number two, and maybe I was thinking more about the TV show I'm binging than I am about the Lord. If I'm spending, you know, if I'm watching a movie instead of reading my Bible, I'm... I'm missing the mark on so many of these things. Right. How can I possibly say that I'm keeping that command all the time? Right. Nobody does you that. Can't. Right. Um, and so, you know, like you said, we say these things to convince ourselves, right. to convince others. I, I don't know, but uh, we're not convincing God. Well, because I think we're in this society, especially in, in Western culture, where we've got, you know, in America, it's it's independence and pull yourself up by your bootstraps and I can do anything. And I, that's something that I really struggle with because, you know, I independent woman. Um, (laughs) You're an American, you're in rebellion against the tendencies of your generation. And I'm trying to stick it to the man. Finally finally admitted to being a millennial. (laughs) Well, that's when people started. I only admitted when when Gen Z finally took their, you know. (laughs) There's somebody else to blame. Right. right. Yeah. So anyway, uh, that is something I do struggle with. And and one one of the points that you had made on Sunday was that God doesn't need our planning to remove obstacles. Yeah. And that is certainly something that I struggle with because I'm a planner. Yeah. Uh, and so, but I, that, and it's so hard not to be, right? right? Because if I realize, can't see the path, right. then there must not be a path. Right. Like you don't need God plus this. Yeah. And and that's hard to to let go of at times. 
because you think, well, I, and I think there's a fine line there too, because you can't just sit back and be like, oh, everything's falling apart, but God's going to handle it. Like you have to do something. Yeah, that's the laxity. Right, that, right. That's the extreme. Like you have to be smart and, you know, not just assume that everything is going to be right. hunky dory. We can pretty much assume whenever we go into one of these extremes, whatever this is, when we lose balance, that we're probably outside of, of the, the target area that God wants right, us to be in. Right. So, you know, if we, if we're striving all the time and constantly, you know, I can't relax because I have to keep going and please God, I have to keep working, then we've missed it. Mm-hmm. And if we're not working, then we've missed it. You know, right. and again, God, God is so gracious to give us marriage and sexuality and family to illustrate himself and our relationship to him. When I think of my children, you know, I don't want my kids constantly nervous and wondering if they're pleasing me. I don't right. want my kids to to always be trying to work to earn my affection to right. to please me so that they I don't want my kids thinking that I'm a vending machine. Right. That, you know, I'm just going to, you know, give them all this stuff and all that kind of stuff. But as much as I don't want them striving and stressing, I also don't want them to just be lazy. Right. You know, if I say, you know, clean your room or whatever. Most of my kids are grown. So, I, you know, I don't say most Hopefully of these things anymore. It's no longer my concern. <laughs> um, but, you know, I say, hey, I need you to make a bed, clean your room. And you sit around watching cartoons and playing Mario Kart. Right. Then, then you got issues. we got an issue. Right. I want you to do those things because they're the right things to do. And then when you've got, done these things, you want to sit down and watch cartoons and play Mario Kart. Awesome. Right. That, you know, that, you know, that's a great thing. I'll, right. I'll come and watch cartoons with you and, and we can, you know, you can try and convince me to play Mario Kart and I can get in there and you can you can teach me how to do it. But the thing is, it's the, it's the relationship <laughs> that matters. Right. And when the relationship is is right, if, I, if I'm thinking of my relationship with the Lord rightly, then the works will flow. Right. You know, we kind of see that idea in Ephesians 2, 8, 9. It's by grace we're saved. Mm-hmm. No works. There's no room for boasting that, that, that doesn't fit. Uh, we take hold of that grace by faith, by, by trusting in the relationship. But the net result of that is in verse 10, because God's created us for good works that he prepared in advance for us to do. We don't earn the relationship by the good works. Mm-hmm. We don't do the good works so we can maintain our standing. We do the good works because we love our father. Right. And this is what he wants us to do. And it's the right thing. It's the good thing. So as reflections of the reality of Christ, we emulate him and we do what Jesus did. Mm-hmm. We we pursue the will of the Father because it's good. But what we really want is him, right. not the stuff. We want him. But we can't we can't like supplement God. Because you know? well, no. he's and God. That's, right, right. Right. And that's I think that something that is you know, I'm I don't like to get on here in public and admit it, but I do that. I do that all the time. I think anybody who doesn't admit (laughs) to doing that needs to question their own honesty. Check yourself before you wreck yourself. Because, yeah, I mean, that's, it's natural for us. And maybe it's, you know, you know, there are four areas we kind of looked at with it. You know, he doesn't need our prompting to provide for our needs, which was one that struck me in particular. He doesn't need our planning to remove our obstacles uh, and, and, you know, I think all of them kind of were a deep conviction for me, but the first one really kind of caught me as something I didn't think about. He doesn't need our, our strength to fight our battles. You know, he takes them and, and says, hey, don't don't sweat the giant because I got this. Right. This is my thing. Um, and it, I almost overlooked it. But at the end, when he when he does that, when he when he gives them victory over Og uh, and, and Bashan, he's making them a promise. 
right. which is reflective of the promises that right. he's made straight along, that, that he would be their God and they would be his people. And those that bless him, we'll see this come up again in the next few chapters. Those that bless him, he will bless. Those that curse him, he will curse. God's going to keep the promises. Mm -hmm. They didn't have to do anything for God to keep his promises. Mm -hmm. In fact, the whole book is giving us this picture that they make unfaithful choices. Sure. And there is a cost to that. But God remains faithful. He doesn't ever break his promises, and he doesn't need our assistance to keep them. And the benefit we have today is we know what God's promises are. Yeah. And is they're it, written down. Right, it makes it a lot right, easier, right? Right. Is that always easy to remember? No. No, especially if you don't actually read the book, <laughs> oh, right, which is the right. problem with most of us as Christians. Right. Or we'll read it in a cursory manner and not diligently feast upon it. Right. You know, and we need to be like like me with a burrito after the doctor's appointment, where it's like, oh, no, 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 more and more of God's word. You know, right. we don't tend to do that. And so maybe we go to church on Sunday and listen to a sermon. And, and, and maybe the pastor has us look up passages and we actually do that. Mm -hmm. um, maybe we listen to a podcast or two through the through the week uh, and we. You know, there are a lot of us who will, you know, do a daily devotion. But even in our daily devotions, we have a tendency, one, to be inconsistent. Right. Because, you know, and don't, don't, if you're stressing over the guilt of that, don't. Because this is about your relationship with the Lord. Do, you know, do better in the areas that you're struggling in. But understand, you have an enemy at work that is, that is going to try to knock you off your course. Mm -hmm. But God's not marking down whether you did your daily devotion today to, to determine whether or not he wants to bless you. Right. He blesses you through that time together. Right. That is the blessing, but it's not a means to an end. Mm -hmm. Just like when I, you know, when I spend time with my wife, if, if we, you know, go out to dinner as if we did that, you know, but, but in, in this, in this, that's right. That was, that was fancy. <laughs> we got the burrito. Um, but when, you know, when we spend time together, it's not a means to an end. It's right. not, you know, to try to get something from her. That is the end. That's right. the goal is the relationship. And I'm blessed. I don't go to to her to spend time with her so that I can get a blessing from her. Right. She is the blessing. Right. That's the joy. Right. Uh, and I use my, my daughter and my grandkids as, as kind of this example on Sunday. It's what what pleases the father most is when is to be able to bless his children and grandchildren. And, and when they really are more interested in that time together in that relationship than they are in the stuff. Right. I want to give you the stuff, right. but if you start focusing on the stuff, you're cheapening the relationship. Right. We do that with God so often mm -hmm. where we cheapen the relationship by acting as if he is, you know, a sugar daddy kind of thing. You know, that this is, he's our heavenly sugar daddy rather than our heavenly father. We need to be able to recognize the difference in our own hearts and mentalities and in this particular chapter, it seems like Israel's finally starting to make that move. They're going to blow it again in, in chapter 25 <laughs> in a whole different Just way. like we but do. Absolutely. Every single absolutely. day. They're finally tracking, and then they're going to blow it. And right. We, you know, we get through the uh, next couple of, of, of books here. We get to uh, Joshua, and they finally, after all this, it, it, it just struck me last night, or, or I think it was last night. Uh, Time I, is a social I, construct. It really is. Uh, so it just it struck me that. These first five books, the, the the entire Torah, the entire Pentateuch, maybe, I don't know when I, when I thought about it, it, but it just keeps striking me. This all takes place before they ever get to the promised land. I know. They're, I was thinking about that the other day. They I'm don't like, get dang. to the promised land until after the, the Torah, until right. after the Pentateuch. Right. And so we get to Joshua. They finally 
you know, Moses is dead. Joshua takes over. They finally go into the promised land. They're camped, starting in the next chapter, we're going to be in chapter 22 next time. They're camped across Jordan from, uh, from Jericho. We don't get to Jericho until Joshua. They go in, and we all know the story, probably not as well as we should, but uh, this... But you know the song. These, that's right. <laughs> these amazing things happen through the book of Joshua. Almost everything, with one exception that I can think of, is victory, 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 victory. Mm -hmm. Why? Because they're walking with the Lord, mm -hmm. and God's taking care of business. That's it. And when sin enters the camp, things fall apart. Unfaithful choices have consequences. But God never walks away. Then Judges is the exact opposite picture of that. Right. Everybody does what's right in their own eyes, right. which I, for the longest time when I was a kid, I always thought, well, what's wrong with that? Aren't we supposed to live by your conscience? Isn't that what Jimmy, the Jiminy Cricket said? It is what uh, he you said. Know, Let your conscience be your guide. He was and wrong. So, uh, and as they did that, the, the scriptures, the word, the law of God wasn't the guide. Mm -hmm. God's standard became something that was really more guidelines, more, you know. Okay, so, Captain Jack. <laughs> so as they're going through uh, life, they're doing things their way. And if I'm living according to what I think is right, rather than according to what God's commands say is right, well, who's actually on the throne of my life? Right. It's not God. Right. And so the book of Judges is primarily losses because they're doing things in their own strength and, and veering farther and farther away from God. So we see this, this ongoing uh, back and forth, which, again, like you said, we're living that today, aren't we? For sure. So. I know I am. Uh, we'll stop there because if we start something new, we'll run out of time. Um, thank you guys for listening. And uh, if you have any questions or comments, you can leave them on our Facebook page or on YouTube, or you can leave a voicemail here at the church or on the Anchor app. Uh, the church phone number is two. I was about to give my personal phone number. Well, the I'm church number is 269-756-RLCC. If you get the same number of voicemails, it really wouldn't matter. That's it? true. I don't <laughs> listen to my voicemails leave half the time anyway. People, come on. <laughs> Thank you guys. We for need listening. something besides all the sales calls that keep right. <laughs> We'll catch you next time. Thank you.